I want to bring up one thing. Uh, the book of James, uh, the parts that I've been able to go through and study, has been very, very good for me. It has searched me out and found me out. And I thank God that he is this kind of God, that he is willing to show us what our heart's desire truly is. And we came in this morning desiring to hear from God, desiring to be uh, this communion with our God, desiring to just find great peace and comfort and even uncomfortableness of what needs to be shown. So I lift up the Lord. Isn't it great to have a God like this that even cares about us at all? Isn't it wonderful that he shows us what fruit we're producing and says what's wrong and what's right? Isn't it wonderful that we are not lying against the truth, but agreeing with God and who he is? Yes, Lord, that's wrong. Yes, Lord, that is right. And our desire right now is, Lord, help me to love you more. I want more of you. Lord, help me to understand what it means to live a life separated to you. Help me to understand what it means to have a life that is ready to be changed by you. And help me to understand that you love me. Be able to say that. The Lord God truly loves me. That's pretty amazing stuff. So as we look into the scripture today, we want to uh, just kind of go back to somebody who read the whole chapter and think about what Pastor Chris has unpacked for us and the caution to those who teach and preach, caution to those that their tongue has a lot of doctrine, but their life is just the opposite of it. What good is that doctrine? It's useless. It's useless. You can have reformed doctrine and praise God for it, but it's not salvation. You can have the right thinking, the proper way, and all this other stuff on the outward, but if you are right now not desiring this God to love him more and willing to say, Lord, whatever it is that's separating me from you, please show it to me. If it's arrogant, please show it to me. If it's self-will, please show it to me. Now, this is a God that works in us and through us and calls us to walk to him. Amen? Praise the Lord for that. Man, that's just uh, uh, overwhelming. I think about the tongues that were spoken about, uh, the danger of being an unbridled tongue and uh, will sow deep destruction within our very souls of those that want the 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 uh, position of being a Sunday school teacher or a growth group teacher or a preacher or a teacher or someone that wants to be recognized by their knowledge it could be very deadly. It is given the example here that we will get into in just a minute, but. It's impossible to control the tongue, but as I read through the tongue, uh, through the tongue, through the scripture there about the tongue, right, and then as I listened to Pastor Chris's uh, uh, message, you know, I found myself wanting to do this. Not this, but this. 
Cover my mouth, cover my tongue, and let me be careful what I say. Let me be careful of dishonoring Christ. Let me be careful of wrong motives and why I do what I do. And that's good. That is this God that shows us, directs us. It's not the outward, but the inward. But what comes from the mouth comes from the heart. Let us be so careful. Do you love the Lord? Do you? Well, praise the Lord. You didn't do that, and you don't get all, none of the glory, but he gets all the glory. In other words, I don't have to be first place. I'm first place with him, period. He died for me. He died for you. And so the struggle about who's first in, in this world, who's going to be on top, who has the most knowledge and who has all this, it could be deadly in so many different realms. You know in the regular secular world and in jobs and everything, it is deadly. People want that, that high position to cut your throat to get it. That's just the unconverted world. But today we're going to look at what it means that wisdom is to be robed in meekness. I, I like that because wisdom doesn't gloat, boast of itself, doesn't have more language off his tongue. I mean, if we have the right doctrine and we're mean to our family, what good is that doctrine? We really need to examine ourselves with this, amen? If I, if I hate my neighbor, but I have the right doctrine, what good is it? It's worthless, empty, deceitful, because, because it comes from the heart. If my doctrine doesn't change how I love people, how I love the Lord, or even how I protect myself from wrongdoing, get rid of it, because it's profiting you nothing. But the true wisdom, this true wisdom is who Christ is. This true wisdom is the power of God upon our lives. This true wisdom is that we cannot control our tongue unless we have this true wisdom who is Christ himself. Amen? Christ himself gives us power to shut our mouth. Christ himself gives us power to look at ourselves and say, the more I know, the more I don't know. And so the more I know, the more I see my weakness, not necessarily in this form, in, in meekness. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is power under control. Amen? But we see our weakness. But by the power of God, he shows us. Man, I'm telling you, I pray that you, you, you get this in such a special way today to honor and glorify the King of glory. Because the question goes back to us. And we see it in these rhetorical questions leading up to our rhetorical question. Uh, let me go back to verse 10. It says, my brethren, these things ought not be this way. Does a fountain send out from the same opening fresh water and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives? Or a vine produce figs? nor can salt water produce fresh. 
Who among you is wise and understanding? That's a rhetorical statement that he's bringing from the whole chapter of three. Who, 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 no, you want to be very careful here, amen? We want to be very careful because it is a rhetorical question to prove that faith without works is dead. Religion plus works equals death. Let me say it again. Religion plus works equals death. True saving faith by this God of wisdom, this God of understanding, this God of glory is going to show us the, what it means to have false wisdom, what it means to have uh, true wisdom in the characteristics of false wisdom, the source of false wisdom, and the results of false wisdom, and the same as true wisdom. And true wisdom is being born by the power of God, which causes right now your heart, your heart right now pumping for Him. Whatever you do is for Him. He is the wisdom and the power of God. Then you would do this. Say, oh, my Lord, let me be examined here. Our life must be constant in meekness. Meekness means you know who you are in Christ. The whole world may rail against you, but you know who you are in Christ. And you can only have that by this God who now dwells within you. And Christ is this wisdom who gave you understanding and continues to give you what your heart's desire is. And the question is, what is my heart's desire? Position or possession? Possession of him, praise the Lord. Position, be careful. But we see that this true wisdom and meekness. In other words, the, the person doesn't go around bragging on how smart he is or how much doctrine he has and rubs it in everybody's face, right? But their life has not changed. That is, that's just demonic. But to have the right doctrine is proven by the lifestyle we live by the understanding he gives because of his indwelling of the Holy Spirit within us. That's wonderful. That's wonderful when we look at so many things in 1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 2, 16 says, Christ is the power and the wisdom of God. So it's clear that Christ that dwells in us gets the glory. Again, the more you study, the more you understand that, oh my, if we, without him, if it, it was uh, an understanding that, that is subjective and, and, I, and I have no, uh, and it's all up to me to be able to choose, then I would choose the wrong thing. I would choose it that I may gloat and bloat and brag on how smart I am. Now, we have to examine that heart because it's not you grossly doing it right now. 
You may be grossly doing it when you leave here or before you leave here or tomorrow. We are to display our heart before this God. Why? Because who among you is wise and understanding? It's, like, it's again, it's a rhetorical question. Let us not brag on this right here. Let us keep our mouth and our mind and our heart under control. Because when we get off of that, we do what? We insult the work of God. And so we do see this that is in contrast to the true or the a true, a good tree and a bad tree, the false wisdom and earthly wisdom uh, versus a godly wisdom. You know, this saying has been out there that you were so heavenly minded you could do no earthly good. Well, I'm, I'd rather have that versus being so earthly minded we can't do any heavenly good. Amen. But this is a heart condition. You're not going to gain it by doing all the right things. You will gain this because you came in today, Lord. Help me. I want, to, I want to know what James is telling me. Help me, Lord. I want to love you more. Help me, Lord. This is why you're here. It says, let, let us, uh, uh, who is among you is wise and understanding. And, you know, it's just laid out the, what, produ- what your life produces, right? And I will say this, that there is room for immaturity in here, amen? Right? But 30 years from now, if you're in the same spot, something's broke. Amen? Or even 10 years, or even a year from now, or even six months, or even a week. We're growing. Do you love him? Man, I pray, I hope you do. My level of love for him is too low. I want to love him more. And this should drive us to, Lord, I want this wisdom. I want this understanding, not that I may hold it over somebody, not that I may prove to them how smart I am or, or how dull I am, Lord, but I may prove that I love you in because my life says I am dedicated to you, Lord, and you alone. My mouth may insult the King of glory. Lord, don't let me get away with that. My actions may insult the king of glory. Lord, don't let me get away with that. Help me to hate it like you hate it. Is that what you want today? Do you want to see what James is telling us? Because it's just getting down to it now, but next week it's going to dig in a little deeper. Amen? And I look forward to it. And you shall too if you love him. Why? Because it's going to cause you to love him more. (laughs) Isn't that wonderful? We have a God that loves us. And he does stuff to show us that we need to love him more. Then causes us to love him more. You don't get that anywhere else. Amen? This is real, and it's called Christ and him crucified. Praise the Lord for that. And then it goes on and tells us that the objective truth is what? That God is gracious. And we don't get to abuse that. It's not a matter of your opinion. We saw many times that this is the mirror that we need to look at, that Christ is the one that says, if you're a lover of me, then prove it. But here's the thing. You're going to do what your nature is, and then when your nature has been tainted with something, you know it. And that causes you to stay before this God and say, Lord, 
help me to love you more. He's told us in James 2.18, he says, But someone may say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Now, it's because I love him with what I'm going to produce. Let him show, in verse 13b, Let him show his good behavior in the deeds and gentleness of wisdom. Did you see that? Gentleness and wisdom. Meekness and wisdom. Humbleness and wisdom. Not, I'm here and you should know this. Attitude. It's not that way, but he's giving us an understanding because we're getting ready to step in what it's not for a few minutes, then we're going to find out what it is. But right now, we're looking at this. We're looking at the imperative, let him show. Let it be known. Let it show. Let him demonstrate good conduct and the meekness of wisdom. When people talk to you, are you meek in the wisdom that you have, or do you have to overpower them in all your language? We have a lot of people that have language up here, but the life is way down here. Because my opinion of the Word of God doesn't mean anything if my life doesn't show it. In other words, God, we are to wear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And every now and then, he gives us words to speak. By your good conduct, meekness, true godly wisdom flushes itself out in consistent Christian behavior. Now, it sounds like I'm preaching works, 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 and and I'm not, but I am preaching evidence that you have a love for him is works, and that you will enjoy doing these works in gentleness. Isn't Isn't that wonderful? that they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. We need to hear that one. Nobody cares in the world how much you know until they see how much you care. Isn't that wonderful? And that is true. Needs to be a bumper sticker. Needs to be something I write on my head, my, my mind, my heart, everything that the world may see these things. In 1 Peter 2.12, it says this, Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. They're going to slander you, but you stay the course. You don't bend a knee to them and fight their battle. You be who you are in Christ, in meekness, strength under control. You're going to be attacked even by yourself, from yourself. That needs to be dealt with. If it's true, don't lie against it. But let them see it because they're going to hate us because who we are, who we represent. So it's wonderful when you think about just coming to the understanding of this, that we let him show by his good behavior, his deeds, in the gentleness of wisdom. Isn't that wonderful? 
man, we, I just, I know I'm staying too long on this right here, but I want us to grab that last part, gentleness of wisdom, is being able to hear a teacher teach, being able to hear a preacher preach when he's the preacher or the teacher, and you not overrunning that preacher or teacher with your, in your mind. I don't like him, therefore I don't have to listen to him. Wrong. Is it true? We, we talked about that. Our conduct is going to say everything about us. And now let me get down here to uh, Matthew 6, 19 through 21. And this, this whole passage that we're at is really talking about where our treasure is at. And I, and I brought it up before we got started. Where is your treasure? Do you love Christ today? Right? Do you really love him? Do you want to love him more? Well, you shall always want to love him more. Okay, then it says this. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and dust destroy, where thieves break in to steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. We know that scripture. We've heard it a thousand times. But it's really important that we put it into play. Where is my heart? This afternoon. Where is my heart tomorrow? For the motivation is always determined by the heart. Remember we had that the tongue situation and issue of people wanting to be first, not really qualified, but they're wanting to be all this wisdom and knowledge and everything else, right? They wanted that, but their heart was wrong because they want to see how good and perfect they were versus him. But now it gets down to us. Our heart will determine whether we truly love him or we truly don't. It's really about us trying to live a good life to keep everybody else off our back. But now we get down to the characteristics of false wisdom. But you see the transition here. So if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, but if you have bitter ambition, bitter, bitter. You remember we had, we heard, had that word already. Bitter ambition in your heart, right? It's not a religion here. Again, it is addressing the heart. It is addressing what you truly love, what you're captivated by, and what you put up beside Christ. And we see this as I read verse 11 and 12. The bitterness is that salt water. The bitterness that you have the right doctrine, you belong to the right church, but you treat your family like doo-doo. You down-talk them. You're mean to them. You're selfish. It's all, the whole world is about you and what you want. That doctrine is worthless. Worthless. 
If you belong to the right church, it should be belong, uh, showing you that this bitter jealousy that you have and this selfish ambition that is all me-centered, selfishness, and all about you, and the whole world needs to revolve around you. If, if not, you're not happy. If, it, if it's that, it should be telling you that you're wrong like it is today. Amen? You're wrong with that. Christ is first and Him alone. He's first. And we to humble ourselves and say, Lord, I have some bitterness in me. Lord, I am selfish. But we don't want that. But we want the Lord, if that is us today, Lord, show me that. The bitterness is, is just bitter, bitter. And it comes out. Romans 2.8 says this, but those who are selfishly ambitious... And do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, wrath, and indignation. Self-ambition is the motive of the jealous heart. It's not Christ first. It's Christ second. You may not even know him at all. You know, be afraid of this. That if you never experience conviction, and if, and if you don't really experience conviction often, be afraid of that, because you sin often. And the Holy Spirit of truth will speak to you about that. And that's actually our prayer. Every day we get up, Lord, show me, show me the truth. Show me where I'm wrong. Give me strength. Give me ears to hear that I may say, yes, Lord. My reaction, my response was bitter. Because it wasn't about me. What is in your uh, ambition of life? What is the chief end of man? Come on, you know that one. What is the chief end of man? Amen. Are you enjoying him now? And if you're enjoying him now, you will enjoy him forevermore. And that's good. Why? Because he's going to show you what's weighing you down. Now, I want to ask you a question here. i got a lot to get through, so I'm going to have to hurry on. But I want to ask you this question, really, in the mirror of God's Word. Are you selfish? Are you bitter? Are you ha do you have ambitions about this life that are ungodly? Answer that to yourself, to God, because it says in Corinthians, as Paul was approaching them, he said, are you still fleshly? For since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? Are you not walking like mere men? What do you think about the sources that we're going to get to next week is coming from? Coming from us here, sitting in the pew, sitting in this church, is that I have wisdom, but I think it's more important than yours, and you're not teaching the right wisdom, therefore I will not participate. Oh my, oh my. We have to be careful why we don't participate in the gatherings of the church. And it, is it, what is our ambition? Is it what's flushing out here why we don't? It could be so many things. The next verse we have is 13b. It says, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. 
Don't know if I need to touch that any more than what it is. This means the Lord is saying, man, you're selfish. It's all about you. And you're saying, no, it's not. No, it's not. You're bitter. People approach you and all you give off is bitterness. No, that's not me. The Holy Spirit is saying, yes, it is. And it says, do not lie against the truth today. If you love him, you're going to love his teachings, and you're going to walk in the humbleness of wisdom, meekness of wisdom. You may be smart. Praise the Lord for that. You may not be a teacher. Praise the Lord for that. You may be a teacher. Praise the Lord. Either way, we're going to praise the Lord, but we're going to work together as the unity of a body of believers together. You can't have a will and one spoke is stronger than the rest or smarter than the rest. Just doesn't work. Why? Because it's carrying all the weight. Everybody else just doesn't get the tire is going to be warped. But we work together as a family of God and participate in the things that we should to participate in. Now, God has to do the convicting part of this right here, but I'm going to ask you and put it out there. Why is it that you don't come to Sunday school? Why is it that you not come to growth group? Why is it that you not fellowship with the believers of Christ and love Christ together? I tell you why. The Scripture tells you why. Same reason when I did it. Because I didn't want to. Therefore is the problem. But don't lie against that truth, right? The Lord points that finger to you. Don't deny it. Just receive it and, and see how the Lord is going to change your attitude in this, that you, you grab this and understand it and say, Lord, gosh, I'm so selfish. Are you willing to say that to yourself today? But are you willing to do something else about it? Because just admitting it, that, man, I'm selfish. Well, you're right. We're all a bunch of selfish people. We're all about ourselves. Every one of us, we have some level in there. Every one of us has a different level. But let God be true and every man a liar. Let us be willing to say, Lord, that's me. Help me to die to myself. Help me to care more about my brothers and sisters than the world and its false wisdom. The source, it gets down to the source. What is the source? Listen. 15 says, this wisdom is not from which comes down from above, meaning Christ himself. This is not from Christ, but it's earthly, natural, demonic. Oh, let us be, oh, let us be careful of that. He's talking about an unconverted person here because we see it in Corinthians here. The natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him and cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. A natural man's just not going to get this. Natural man wants me to hush so we could go home. Spiritual man wants more. May we want more this very moment. But think about it. This wisdom is not that comes from above. Are you earthly? Meaning it's all about this plane here. Do you have any thinking above except on Sunday and whatever else day it is for you? Or do you fashion it to your own self and how you want it? Let us be careful. We, die to yourself means really to die to yourself. That's what it means. It's not about you anymore. It's about your brother to sit beside you. It's about the sister to sit about 
beside you, in front of you, around you. It's about this family of believers of God that are in the same building, loving the same God, that go out the door and don't speak no more. That's wrong. It's wrong. And I say that in my own shame. But this God, this worldly wisdom, will destroy a church. James told us, listen, the seventh, uh, chapter 1, 17 and 18, said every good thing and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, to whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Listen to that. In the exercise of his, his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. The word of truth. This is the truth today, amen? It's truth every time we get up here. It's truth every time you open the Bible. But we see that let a man not deceive himself. If any man among you thinks himself to be wise in this age, he must become foolish, for that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness before God. For it is written, he is the one who catches the wise in craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the reasoning of the wise, and they are useless. So then let no one boast in men. Any among you wise? Where does this answer come from? From a false source. And that false source is earthly, demonic, and foolish. And that's not, that's not saying there's a good spirit or bad spirit in you. You have one or the other. There is room for maturity. I'm telling you, I'm still growing. I'm still immature. I'm still growing. Can you say that? Or have you arrived? Be careful, my brothers and sisters. Be careful of that. What is the source? And we'll see that next week, even deeper. And I'm terrified of it. At the same time, looking forward to it. Why? Because it's going to close in my walk with the Lord even more. It's going to bring me closer to Him even more. The results of this foolishness, so for you, for where, uh, verse 16 says, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in everything, every evil thing. Now think about that for a minute. God is not the author of confusion, is he? You got battles and, and, and fighting, and, and we'll look at that next week. But I tell you, if we have this right here, it's because something inside is broke. We're talking about from the root to the fruit. Amen? And all that's in between has to do with what God is doing in us. Man, I tell you what, I just love the Lord. I want to love Him more. And this, this is what this does for us. Lord, help me to love you more. I don't care what the world thinks about me, I care what you think about me. If my life is full of disorder and fighting and bickering and all this stuff, stay tuned to next week because it's going to dig in even deeper. And I tell you what it will do, it will destroy a church because someone has a stronger opinion of how things ought to be. It will always do that. You should say amen to that because you know it yourself. I got the right answer and everybody else is wrong. 
That's nothing but trouble. You have that in your life. You don't all uh, necessarily have it at church, but you may have it in your life, at work, wherever you're at. The reality is you have all wisdom and everybody else is wrong. Let us flee from that, my brothers and sisters. Let us flee from that. Let us just be happy that we're in the Lord. We don't know it all. Don't know it all, but growing in knowing him more. And I need my brother over here. I don't care if he didn't finish school. I need my brother over here. I don't care he's a doctor and whatever, right? But I need my brethren and my sisters as a woman to the sisters. I, we need one another. Let us see how important this is. Because if you leave here today, go right back into the world in its source of wisdom, you're fighting and bickering, we'll pick right back up, and that's what you'll be doing, fighting for the same position, elbowing, poking eyes out, spitting, cussing, fussing, and the whole nine yards so you can get that top position. Let us repent of that now. And do it no more. Follow Christ and we'll get to him. We see this in the source of true wisdom is Christ himself. Isn't that good? Okay, worldly wisdom is just deadly and everything evil and it's disordered. There's nothing right about it. It's constant battle and everything else. But over here, we have the word that comes from God, which is from above. Wisdom, Christ is from above. It is first pure, peaceful, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy, good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy. Did you see that? Isn't that a picture of direct opposite what we've just been talking about? That is, a, that is just black, white. White, black, green, blue, opposite colors, opposite people of what a Christian life looks by, like. We see it here clearly that Christ is the source of wisdom. Christ who came from above, who dwells in me, dwells in my life, that causes me to follow and chase after him, right, is what is the wisdom that I need and continue to need. This wisdom comes from God himself. In this verse, what? Pure. It's fruitful. It produces things. Mainly in you first. We want to try to produce it for everybody else and let them do that. Don't be that guy over there in that chapter. Don't be that guy. Come alongside your brother. You don't come alongside your brother and beat him in the head so you can be first. Come alongside. And that's what we should do, come alongside one another. Instead of your way, you said it, it's set, can't be changed, that's wrong. Let us humble ourselves and walk with this God and with our brethren and sister, helping one another. Now, it doesn't get any better than this, does it? It does when we go on to glory, but on this earth, man, if we were really uh, people loving God, loving one another, we'll see right now that it's first pure. In other words, there's nothing hid behind it. The Word of God is pure. We know that for a fact, and anybody disagree with that, well, you're probably not even the child of God. 
But the being able to agree that the Word of God is pure means it has an effect on me that I want to understand what it means to know that as James tells us in chapter 117, every good thing is given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights to whom there is no variation or a shifting shadow. The immutability of God is highly important. This is a God that chose you and has his life, his hand on you. He has his eye on you. We were talking about on the way here, Isaiah 40, saying that we're less than the drop in the bucket. We're less than we're in the negative, right? The dust is negative out of the bucket. We're minus. We're in the hole. But yet God has his eye set upon you and me. Conforming us to his will. We can't comprehend that and we shall not try. But let us enjoy the magnificent glory of the almighty God that comes to us in pureness of who he is and causes us to walk in a way that brings glory to his name. Isn't that a good God? That's wonderful, isn't it? We see the source of this wisdom comes from God because no man would conjure this up. We see these seven, I believe there's seven attributes here, if you could say it that way. Pure. Pure. Peace, love, and pureness. You love peace? It's opposite of this side. When that comes up, as we will see, when anger and fight and bitterness and all this selfishness comes up, you'll be able to point it out right now. It's because either one of you or both of you are in the flesh. Amen? And you just need to stop it and repent of it. And live peaceably because he is the God of peace. He is a God that is merciful unto us. Just pure. How wonderful that is. Wisdom from this God is pure, undefiled wisdom. Then it's peaceable, gentle. We see these things and Actually, the rest of the book of James is going to unpack all this stuff as far as the, the fruits of the good tree. From the, the purity, purifying leads to the second dimension of peaceable, peace-loving. What do you love? Where, where is the treasure of your heart and what kind of fruit are you producing? If you love him, you're going to love peace. That doesn't mean there's not trouble in your life. But you know the God of glory will not leave you alone. He's going to walk you through the trial to grow you, to teach you. But in that trial, and when the walls are coming down all around you, you still have peace. Why? Because you belong to the God of peace, the God of order, who is gentle. He's opposite of self-seeking. Doesn't demand his way, his right. Gentleness allows for other people to be different from us. Get that? Are we different than God? Yeah, I would say so. He doesn't throw us out because we're different, does he? And I should have got a response for that. No, he doesn't throw us out for that. 
Because why? Because he's already paid the price for us, one thing, but he comes alongside and says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. That doesn't belong to a police officer only if he is a lover of Christ. But being gentle. Look at your character. Are, are these character, is this characteristic of your life? Gentle yet firm, unwavering, right? Reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits. Is, is this truly your life or is it this other one over here? Or are you in the middle lying against the truth? Lord, my life really looks like this is disorder. I'm hating everything. I'm hating some things. I'm hating a little bit of things. Or over here, Lord, I'm, I'm loving you, but I'm having a hard time with many things. And he comes alongside. Why? Because he's peaceful and he's gentle. Well, let me show you the way. Let me show you the way. That's good. That's mercy. We should be extenders of mercy because this mercy has been extended to us. We love the doctrines of grace. Praise the Lord. We're grace receivers. We should be grace extenders. But we forget that sometimes when our flesh is more important to us than, well, we want that position. We want that recognition. In teaching, in preaching, in these things, oh, my, you have to be careful. So careful why you want that position. And so we full of mercy. This wisdom is full of mercy. Are you full of mercy? Or do you only give it when you get something out of it? Are you full of mercy? Or is the whole world about you? Now, this is to go beyond you sitting there. This is what you take home and chew on. Are these things, look up these words, and this is more detail here that I want to be able, to, I can't unpack because I'm running close to time now, but I tell you, I mean, unwavering, meaning that you're not double-minded. You're not this way today, that way tomorrow. You're a lover of Jesus Christ. You have your eyes set on Christ. You, you know who you are in Christ. The world is coming down around you, but you have peace and you have mercy and you are producing fruit because you're a lover of Jesus Christ and nothing else matters. That's what it means to be gentle. Respond unwavering in the truth of God to yourself. Not trying to get somebody else to do it, but to yourself. If you can't be an example, you have no reason, as these false teachers were standing up, saying all these words, and yet their life was opposite of what they were teaching. If you cannot do that, you just need to stop it and quit lying against the truth. And Lord, Lord, we, we see that just without hypocrisy, saying this and doing something else. Lord, I love you, but I really love the world. Lord, I love you. I want more of you, but not right now. Lord, I want to be merciful and, and, and reach it now, but not now. I want to tell you when I want to do it. That's not how it works, is it? And if you're a lover of Jesus Christ, you know that's not how it works. 
Because right when you don't feel like witnessing to somebody, that's exactly when you're going to be witnessing to somebody. Or you don't feel like preaching or teaching, whatever it is, that's exactly when you're going to do it. But you're going to do it only for the glory of the Lamb of God, and you're going to do it with strength under control. For the glory in the recognition of Christ himself. Christ had all knowledge. Did he boast of that around with those that said they had all knowledge? Remember the religious folks that he dealt with in the background? He constantly dealt with that, but, and there was a time that he expressed himself when he cleansed out the temple and needed to be cleansed. Our temple needs to be cleansed too sometimes. Not lie against the truth. Lord, I love you, but I love myself more. I love you, but I love my attitude more. I love you, but I love my knowledge more than yours. May we repent against this now that we may love and cherish him more today. Got one more. Hang in there. The results of true wisdom. Verse 18, the seed whose fruit is in righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. You see that? So your life is not about you fighting and raising all this cane and everything. You know who you are in Christ, right? You don't have to have this just spurious wisdom to try to make yourself known to people, right? And I, and I tell you, what it, what is it? What is it? It is the seed whose fruit is in righteousness. Those that are in righteousness, those that are produced by God himself, Right? You produce seed, and this seed dwells in you. Therefore, you produce it, just like an actual tree. We see that, what is this sown in? They know me because I'm a lover of Jesus Christ. Not that I'm Mr. Smart, Mr. Intelligent. I have four-letter, four-foot words, and but my life, I know this word. Life doesn't show that word, but I know this word. Man, how we could make an idol at it right doctrine. But what is the fruit that you're producing? And it gets down to that. Are you a lover of Christ? Wisdom is robed in the meekness, knowing that God has been merciful to you and has robed you in his righteousness. Isn't that wonderful? So remember who you are in Christ. Remember that you came in wanting to love him more. Put feet to that. Those who love peace, sown in peace, they're not troublemakers like this other guy, person that we had here. Earthly, demonic. Man, that was my life. It was a fight all the time, one way or the other. You know, I don't have to fight now. I have to fight with self, sure. But I don't have to fight because it's settled. Christ paid it all. And all to him I owe. No religious creed, no religious right doctrine stuff is going to get you salvation. And it's not going to get you to be able to love God. Matter of fact, what you're going to do with religion is hate him more. Because eventually you're going to get tired of it. Put it on a shelf. 
than to go on and act out your nature. What are you sowing? What kind of, tr- what kind of fruit are you producing? Are you a lover of Christ? Don't lie against the truth. I'm not saying you are, but we have to tell ourselves this. It addresses me and you. Am I really all in for Christ or partially? Well, I want to live like hell and at the end receive glory? That's that false religion I had. If I love him now, Lord, help me love you more. What is your wisdom? Where does it come from? What are your attitudes? What is your motivation? What is it that you're really about? Is what it boils down to. And we will see further as it goes. As we look upon our hearts, are we seeking God's wisdom? Meaning more of Him? More who He is? Not that I can give it to somebody else, but that I may know Him more. See, it starts with us. It has to start here. We could do no other. And I pray and continue to pray that we just continue through the book of James and love God more. And that you are excited for next week because it's going to expose a lot of things for us. And we need to, we want that, don't we? If you want that, say amen. Come on now, if you want to be more like Christ and we want to apply these things to our lives, say amen with me. Amen. Amen. To him be the glory. And now let's hear what the word of God has to say. Let us judge ourselves and see what our character is, where that source is coming from, and what the end result is. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your truth. Lord, there is so much more, as always, that could be said on this matter. But we, Lord, as uh, we prepare ourselves to to come to your table, as we prepare ourselves to look at the Beatitudes, Lord, and see if, Lord, how, if we're blessed at all, that we would be challenged today, Lord, because we have been found out by you that we don't measure up and we don't like it. We don't measure up, Lord, and we need your help. And that's what you brought us today. Where can we go but to you, Lord? You have the wisdom and understanding of who we are. So, Lord, help us to measure ourselves. We know that every one of us has room for improvement in some department or another. Maybe it's massive, maybe it's not so much but still needs to be repented of. Help us, Lord, to leave here glorying in the wisdom of your grace in your mercy in all that you are. Help us to love you more this very day. Lord, we need you, and we need more of you. Let us examine our fruit, our attitudes, our motivations, everything that you have brought before us today. And for your glory, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.